Hi there, welcome to the Graced Podcast, where we talk about how we can infuse everyday magic into your everyday life through rituals, tarot, wellness, and today, astrology. Today's guest is Kira Taborn, most known as The Astrology. She is an astrologer, writer, and creative who is passionate about teaching the fundamentals of astrology which we definitely get into some of it in this episode. Mostly, this episode just felt like Kira was giving me an astrology reading, so you'll get some peeks into what's going on in my chart too, as well as some significant transits that are coming up for this summer. Now let's get into this episode. Hi Kira, thanks for being on the podcast today. Hey Grace, thanks for having me. Yeah. So we were just talking about how long it's been since we last saw each other, but pre-pandemic to pandemic times. And I feel like you've grown so much over the years. Like, what have you been up to? (laughs) Doing too much. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I did a lot over the past couple of years. And now my Saturn return definitely like settled me down a little bit, humbled me a bit. But I have done quite a bit. I don't even know like if you want me to <laughs> talk about it. But right now I'm mostly just doing um my podcast. I kind of started like a new podcast. It's weekly forecasts and also an advice podcast. Um so I answer questions and with with a guest usually we look at people's charts. And then also I do consults, just you know, one-on-ones. Um, and then also consult for businesses too. Yeah, mostly just oh writing. I was I just finished up a year of monthly horoscopes for Condé Nast Traveler. I, I'm not doing it anymore because it's so hard <laughs> to write. Um, but yeah, I've done, I've done, that's kind of what I've been work- working on most recently. Amazing. So how did you get into astrology? I was always, you know, one of those kids into astrology since I was really young. I was just like really obsessed with birthdays as a kid. I just like knew everyone's birthday. I took a lot of pride in remembering everyone's birthdays. And so that kind of transformed, I guess, into astrology at at a certain point. I was always really uh, obsessed with being a Scorpio. And ever since I was like young, I always... I have like just a lot of memories of designing things. Like we had to do this project in sixth grade where we had to design a coat of arms and um, we were learning about medieval times and I did like a red and black (laughs) Scorpio themed coat of arms with like a scorpion and like the symbol. So yeah, I've always been into it, but it was when I was a little over a decade ago um, and I was like 20 when I saw my birth chart for the first time and it blew my mind and I just became immediately obsessed. I didn't sleep that night. I just stayed up on Google. I went through like every single <laughs> Google page result about my birth chart. just trying to learn as much as I could and I've been obsessed ever since. I hear you. It's really easy to go into the black hole of the internet just to find more about yourself. And there's so many different sources. And I'm wondering what resources would you send to people, to anyone that's interested in learning more about astrology? That's a great question because it is so hard to figure out where to start because I'm like, I dip my toes into human design sometimes and I'm like, I wouldn't even know what to, where to, where to begin. I'm really grateful. I have a lot of friends who are human design readers who just answer my questions basically. <laughs> but um, yeah, when it comes to astrology, well, first of all, there's so many different, you know, types of astrology and types of astrologers. And so kind of figuring out what you're even interested in is kind of first. And then I would say, you know, find an astrologer that you really like or a couple that you really like or find one you really like and who they are friends with or interacting with and, you know, follow those people. But I like to start out by saying I'm a traditional astrologer. So my practice is rooted in the Hellenistic tradition, which is basically like 1000 BC to about 100 AD, that time period in ancient Egypt. I wanted to say Greece, but the Greeks took over, but it was developed in Egypt. But anyway, that's what my practice is based in. And I always highly, highly, highly recommend if you're starting out in astrology, learn traditional astrology, which yeah, Hellenistic astrology is kind of under the umbrella of traditional astrology. And basically I, I, 
say that because it's what we know astrology is. It's what it's rooted in, right? It's like we're going back to the basics, back to the roots of the tradition. And it just makes astrology so much easier to understand if you're learning the tradition, basically. Otherwise, it's kind of like learning backwards. I think a lot of us millennials who are very much traditional astrologers, we learned modern astrology, we learned evolutionary astrology, we learned all this more psychological type of astrology first. And then came to traditional and a lot of us were like basically there's a lot of unlearning you have to do in order to kind of come back to the basics so I always recommend starting with traditional astrology and then resource wise how I learned for free was the astrology podcast it is probably the best resource we have in terms of learning traditional astrology so there's over 400 episodes Um, I've been listening since the beginning. Basically, I was on a recent episode. I've been on a couple episodes. But yeah, it's such a great resource. And then on, on top of that, I would say my podcast, Astrology Show, which I just I renamed it. But if you search for the Astrology Show, I have a lot of really good fundamental episodes as well. But yeah, other than that, I would say just finding astrologers that you really vibe with and connect with and see um, what resources they might have to offer or what resources they are recommending. Yeah, those are some really great tips. And you mentioned human design, which I think has an astrology component to it. Is that correct? Yeah, don't ask me about it, though. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It it definitely does, though. Um, But it is such it's like a totally different system. I I literally know so little. Um, I just know a little bit about my own design, basically, and what I've learned from readings and stuff like that. But it's what I will say about human design is it offers something that astrology doesn't. And I don't even know exactly how to put my finger on that. But it it offers like strategy and just more actionable sort of steps, I think, like astrology can be interpreted so many different ways. And I guess human design can too. But it is a little bit more like prescriptive and clear as to like how to use information. And I it's been literally life changing. It's been really amazing learning about my design. So I'll say that I just don't really have much to offer in terms of how it all works. Yeah, yeah, I feel like you're right in that astrology and even tarot has a lot of ways to interpret the messages that are coming through. And I do feel like human design is much more about just understanding how to survive in your everyday or just understanding your capabilities within your human self. But what I find interesting is that all these things are interrelated. So even some of the tarot cards have astrology relation to them, whether a card is like the strength card is assigned to the sign Leo and you can make those correlations uh, to gain deeper meaning. And so I'm wondering for you, you know, what do you say to the naysayers that don't believe in astrology? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny cuz I used to get kind of upset about it and, you know, want to convince people basically. I would I would always want to convince people. Now I'm just like sucks that you're close-minded sucks that you aren't open to the magic of what this practice has to offer yeah I think what I say is usually like I usually affirm their disbelief honestly in a lot of ways I'm like yeah I get it like (laughs) it kind of um seems a little crazy you know like it would make sense if you knew nothing at all about astrology besides the fact that there are 12 signs and everyone kind of falls into these 12 categories and like yeah kind of makes sense to be skeptical of that to call bullshit on that but my thing is um have you done any sort of (laughs) research like have you have you gone past that point or are you stopping at this has to be bullshit so oh sorry for the cursing but this has to be bs so therefore i'm not gonna even investigate that's for me i'm like if you're not gonna investigate it then don't talk about it you know if you're not gonna see why you hate it so much or whatever why you don't believe in it then keep your mouth shut (laughs) i don't say that necessarily to people but that's how i feel but yeah when it comes to what to say to people i usually am i'm just not gonna argue if someone wants to argue it with me i'll I'll just say i'm not gonna argue this like this is what i do for a living it's obviously a very real thing for me so don't be rude 
Yeah, I would say the last person I had that type of conversation with was with this guy off a dating app. And he was so adamant that astrology does not exist. And that if I were to really believe in astrology, to believe that there are now 13 signs. And it was really a really hard conversation just because he was so set in his ways and didn't seem like he wanted to be open-minded. But the thing that got me is that he's super into astrology astronomy of course the stars <laughs> the science of the stars which are related <laughs> i mean does he get that astronomers and astrologers were essentially one in the same way back when we used like when we were figuring this stuff out th thousands of years ago like why do you think people were so interested in the stars it's because they saw them as omens like they attached belief to them that is so frustrating i've had i had that happen to me last summer with a guy in like Germany that I was talking to because I was I was traveling for a bit last summer and yeah you know just oh I'm way too rational and logical to to believe in astrology like I'll never in a million years believe in that and it's like cool you don't have to believe in it it's literally just a system that already exists <laughs> It's been existing for thousands of years. Like you don't have to believe in it. That's fine. It still still works. It still happens without your beliefs. So, yeah, the world is <laughs> still going round and round. <laughs> but I feel like yeah. you know if it's a system that's helping you understand yourself better, why not embrace a belief system and ideology that just enhances your life in some way? Why shut it down? Yeah. I think people get really up in arms about being like typecasted and people, there's people out here who think astrology is like fascist. It's truly <laughs> They're like, oh, this is just fascism. You know, you're putting people into buckets and categories. That's not how fascism works. But regardless, um, yeah, again, I can, I can empathize with people who think that's all that it is. Because if that is all that it is, then yeah, I could easily call, B I would call BS on it too. But yeah, it's like, I think what I tend to come back to with people who want to have this discussion with me is like, do you even know what you're talking about? What do you know about the subject besides your weird opinions about it that you're probably just regurgitating other men talk, you know, say about it? Do you actually know anything <laughs> about this topic? Because I'm an expert, right? So if you want to like come to me with this thing that you know so well isn't true or real or whatever, like come to me with some actual points. Otherwise, I'm just going to smile and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you say to people that don't resonate with their sun sign and don't want to be typecasted as this way or that way and contain multitudes to their personality? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important that people understand that what we as astrologers are doing, we're not just saying like all Aries are the same, all Libras are the same. There's so much more to you and who you are than just this one aspect of your personality, basically, which is your sun sign. Of course, I would explain what a birth chart is. What we're looking at is the entire cosmos, basically, the entire solar system from the perspective of where you were when you were born, where you were, you know, in space and time at that moment you were born. Like, what did the sky look like? essentially and then as astrologers we're looking at as above so below so what does that have to say about who you are you know your timing in life and how your fate plays out essentially so yeah i would say as astrologers we're doing much more than just looking at 12 categories and telling someone their whole life based on that it's so much more intricate and yeah it's a whole system there's so much more to it yeah. So I've been going through a certification in business astrology and something that I really appreciate is there are a lot of technical aspects to learning astrology and there's so many ways to draw patterns. And I do feel like having a training of some sort is really helpful in just learning the basics. But for anyone who wants to dive deeper, how did you decide which area that you wanted to focus in and what area that you are an expert in in astrology yeah i mean it just takes so much time <laughs> it takes a lot of time just practice really to figure out 
what area to go in. There's so there's so many different ways you can, ways you can go with astrology. You can do financial astrology. Look at the stock markets. You can do mundane and just look at world events and you know kind of predicting world events. You can do natal astrology and do consults with people, clients one on one. You can do natal astrology and focus on things like evolutionary astrology and your soul's evolution and growth. You can do what what I do, which is um, more of timing based astrology. So I'm looking at what's going on in your life right now and what's to come. I do a lot of predictive type stuff too. So there's so many different ways you can go. You could decide you want to teach. You could decide you want to write. Um, I've done it all. <laughs> I've done it all. But for me, it was, I mean, a huge part was just learning traditional astrology. Number one, I, I learned astrology. I started in 2012, but I didn't get to traditional astrology until 2014, 2015. And that was when things really started to come together for me and the astrology started to make sense. You, traditional astrology allows you to understand like the whys behind a lot of things. Why is Venus like that? <laughs> you know, why Why are my Jupiter transits like this? So, but anyway. Speaking of Jupiter transits, it's been intense. Can you tell us about the current transits and what's freaking going on? Because I feel like, you know, Jupiter entered Taurus, which is in my 12th house. And basically all of last week, I felt like I was in an ayahuasca ceremony, except in my waking life. <laughs> so can you please explain what is going on in the stars right now? Yeah, what's going on in the stars right now? There's a lot. I mean, honestly... Honestly, this is honestly a relatively chill period astrologically. Not to say that everything's great, but I just did this forecast episode for the astrology podcast, like forecasting the whole month of June. And it is relatively chill <laughs> compared to the rest of this year. But I will say what you might be feeling. Yeah, I guess it depends on what you're feeling. Because I think one of the hardest things that we've been moving through the past couple of days, we have the sun Saturn square that's been happening. That's kind of rough. But yeah, overall, we we just have Gemini season. We have Mars and Leo, like finally out of cancer and Martians like you, um, like me, people who are ruled by who have a lot of like Aries or Scorpio or just a lot of you know, Mars in their chart. We've been, it's it's not been easy for the Martians the past, I would even say like the past year, almost year, because we have Mars retrograde starting October through January. Then we had Mars in fall and cancer. And so it's finally getting out of a really bad place that it's been in for a long time. So yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of things shifting right now, basically. And it's, it's like we're all kind of leading up to the next big thing, which is in July, We'll have Venus retrograde. A lot of things change in July, basically. We'll have Venus retrograde. The nodes are going to shift signs from Scorpio and Taurus to Aries and Libra. But a week before the retrograde starts, we'll have another Mercury retrograde this fall or in August. Yeah, so June is actually kind of our, it's a month to sort of like reground, recenter, come back to yourself, processing everything that's been happening the first half of this year. And because then we get another pivot again once we get into the summertime. So yeah, does that make sense? Is that helpful? <laughs> Yeah, I probably am going through just like some really personal transits in my chart. <laughs> yeah, it's probably something hitting you specifically difficult. Yeah, you're a Gemini rising. Actually, yeah, let me look at yours. I am a Gemini rising. I think because Taurus is my 12th house, felt like there was a lot of purging happening for me. So it was just like... Oh, yeah, that's what you were talking about. Sorry, Jupiter in, into your 12th. Yeah, you know, I personally really like a 12th house Jupiter transit for being able to sort of come back to yourself like mentally. It's it's really good for kind of reconnecting spiritually and mentally. It's very, what's what I'm looking for? When planets move through your 12th house, you're kind of encouraged to let yourself kind of fall apart a little bit. Like the 12th house is our undoing, <laughs> you know, it's it's our mental health. It's that space that we kind of occupy in our brains, in our head that is far removed from everything else in our, in our world, in our lives. So Jupiter coming to your 12th is really sort of expanding your cognition of that space, you know, of that sort of like mental health in your brain space. And right now, especially Jupiter is like, it's conjunct the North node. So it's just really 
extra right now. <laughs> you might just be really feeling that, but it will start to like kind of chill out and get better. But yeah, Jupiter in the 12th can be really good for like retreats and just like getting away from things and like a lot of mental healing, a lot of mental health healing and yeah, reconnecting spiritually, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling all of it. Just wait, next year you'll have it in your first. So that that gets that gets exciting. Um around this time next year Jupiter will go into Gemini. So I am counting down the days. <laughs> it's already <laughs> marked on my calendar. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. Gemini risings. I'm feeling for you guys. I have a lot of Gemini rising friends. So Yeah. So something you mentioned is, you know, we're both Martians and I am a Gemini rising. So a lot of what I read about astrology is that my ruling planet would be Mercury. Is that something that you agree with versus like my sun sign is Aries? Yeah. Can I, can I look at your chart again? Your April? March 24th. Oh, March. Okay. Yeah, I know. I remember looking at your chart for the first time because we met at like I just remember that we met like doing readings at like an event or something right and we were we had tables close to each other we met at a hangout actually between you me and Aaron Johnson and you read our progressions <laughs> no but we met before that didn't I think we met yeah, because um, I think that's where I got this deck of yours. We were both doing readings. I think it was at, remember the witchy, like, Halloween type of event, like, market or whatever in Philly that they would put on? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? So I was doing readings. I think you were selling merch. You were selling your decks or something like that. And I think I gave you a reading, that, like, the, like, one of the last readings I did or something. I remember really liking your work and introducing myself to you and being like, oh, I love your work. Like, and then I give you a reading or something. You know, it's all coming back. Maybe we did a trade. I think we did a trade. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then we met Aaron. We like met again at some point with Aaron a couple years ago. But yeah. Yeah. Pisces moon. Yeah. Okay. And then your, your Mercury in Aries is your chart ruler. Yeah. So I, I'm actually huge on chart rulers. I love talking about them. I've, I've done workshops about them. The ruling planet or chart ruler is the planet that rules the ascendant um, or the rising sign. So yeah, as a Gemini rising, that's Mercury for you. And you have Mercury in Aries um, up there with your sun in the 11th house um, of your chart. So the thing about the chart ruler is Oh, that's so funny. Okay, sorry. My best friend is also an Aries sun, Gemini rising. And yeah, the, just you guys have some similar configurations in your chart. But anyway, so yeah, your chart ruler or your, or what, what was the other word, phrase you're using? Chart ruler. Chart ruler. Ruling planet. Ruling yeah. planet. Um, I also call it the L1, the Lord of the First House. So it's the planet that represents you in your chart, especially the way that I do astrology, the more traditional way. Your chart represents you but it also represents everything in your life and all the other people in your life and the places and the things and so when we look at your chart we want to see like what planet represents you that's the chart ruler and it's basically the way I would kind of look at that is like okay what sign is it in what house is it in what is the condition of this planet because that's going to describe you your identity where we find you in life what you look like how other people sort of perceive you all the things so with Mercury and Aries in the 11th house, it's like, well, Mercury as a planet, sort of um, the archetype of Mercury is the messenger. It's the, you know, the magician in the tarot. And um, there's a planet that has a lot to do with giving and receiving information, connections, yeah, that type of thing. And so we have that planet in Aries and the 11th house too. So basically it's like, where we, where do we find you in your life? We find you in this 11th house space, which has a lot to do with community and friendships and networks and being one of many essentially. And so, yeah, that kind of does describe you. And I think also with the sun being there too in Aries in the 11th house, it gives, there's just such a big 11th house emphasis in your chart, which to me is like, again, there's this really important connection to your community, your people. And then we look to the ruler of your 11th house and be like, who are your people? Who is your community? Well, we look to that Mars. Where's Mars? In Aquarius in the ninth house. <laughs> What's the ninth house? Spirituality, astrology, teaching, sharing, media. So 
yeah, it just makes a lot of sense that your community is comprised of these spiritual people. <laughs> and yeah, that's kind of where we find you is like amongst community, amongst friends and being the one who's making connections, the Mercury, the one who's making connections, the one who's sharing information, literally what you're doing right now on this podcast. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of how I I start to, you know, look at the chart ruler. And again, it has a lot to do with your identity, how you identify yourself, basically. You're someone who um, is a connector of people, you know? Yeah. I have been feeling that much, much more nowadays. I actually feel like that's one of my superpowers, just connecting people. Yeah. It's, it makes sense. I mean, especially has Jupiter just, you know, finished up in Aries too. So that probably brought a lot of expansion to that space as well. We're going to start getting eclipses here soon. So you'll also, there's just a lot more to come there. If you are interested in learning more about astrology and the terms, I want to let you in on the Mystic Mondays reference guides which the Astro Alignment Guide covers all 80 cards in the Astro Alignment deck, which is 80 cards, which means 80 astrology terms. So basically, it's like a cheat sheet for 80 astrology terms that you can learn and reference at any time. You can get yours at astro-alignment-reference-guide.mysticmondays.com. Link will be in the show notes. Yeah. So can you tell us more about eclipses? And by the way, thank you for that. That was really awesome. Oh, yeah. And if anyone wants to book a reading, please book it with Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So eclipses. <laughs> I'm like, what do I, where do I start with eclipses? Yeah, they're such intense for lack of a better word, portals. But basically what they are, it's these moments where the sun, moon, and earth form alignments, basically. So if it's a solar eclipse, it's the moon moving in between, basically blocking out the light of the sun. That's the easiest way to put it. It's the moon, the moon blocking out the light of the sun. And that can only happen if they're all sort of in the same plane, you know, in the sky. So that's a solar eclipse. A lunar eclipse is when the earth passes in front of like between the sun and the moon, basically. So the shadow of the earth is cast onto the moon and the moon becomes eclipsed. You know, it gets dark because of the shadow of the earth. And so, yeah, an eclipse is essentially a moment where the lights of our lives, the sun and the moon, the sun or the moon become dark, you know, they become eclipsed. We, we can't see that light. And they're super powerful moments or super powerful times. If you think about it, like before we knew what the hell was happening, <laughs> thousands thousands of years ago like you would just be out and about and all of a sudden a big black circle would start to cover up the sun and then everything goes dark in the middle of the day and all the animals freak out and like imagine how terrifying <laughs> that would be same with the moon like you know you see this bright full moon and then all of a sudden it goes dark and like dark red like that's terrifying but yeah basically they signal these like moments of major change amongst other things like, i'm not going to get into all of it like the political things you know people talk about solar eclipses and the fall of kings which did happen you know if you think about the big solar eclipse we had here in the u.s 2017 after number 45 was elected and the eclipse path cut like a line in the middle of the country right it was like literally cut the country in half and of course our former president stared at it without glasses on but anyway anyway <laughs> it it kind of it's not i'm not saying the eclipse was his downfall definitely there's been plenty of eclipses and he was actually born on a lunar eclipse so he kind of has some eclipse magic within him but i will just say yeah they often signal like the fall of a king that type of thing or a leader but in our personal lives where the eclipse is taking place, you can expect there to be some major changes in the area of life. So whether it's, it, it really depends on if it's a lunar eclipse or a solar eclipse, if it's north node or south node eclipses, but talking about, you know, we've been in the, this eclipse series that we're in since um, November of 2021. We've been in the Scorpio-Taurus eclipse cycle where the South Node's been in Scorpio and the North Node's been in Taurus. And it's been an especially rough one um, for, for, for a variety of reasons, mainly 
Saturn was involved. Saturn was squaring the nodes. Uranus in Taurus on the North Node, they were squaring each other. So much, so much strife around change and needing change to happen and knowing that change needs to happen, but not knowing how to get there and feeling stuck and all that. So that's finally coming to a close. Thank God. And we have our last one of those in the fall. We'll have our final eclipse in Taurus. And then we're done with those for eight years, nine years. But we're moving into a new eclipse cycle. So on July 17th of this year, the nodes will shift. The North Node will enter Aries and the South Node is going to enter Libra. And we'll start having eclipses in Aries and Libra. So you can look at those parts of your chart, you know, the houses. I use whole sign houses, but in terms of the house system, but you know, use whatever you want. But yeah, the Aries part of your life basically is getting the North Node and North Node eclipses. So we can expect increase. The North Node is kind of associated with the concept of increase. I like to think of it as like turning up the volume on that area of life. Things are going to get louder there. And yeah, just more, more energy flowing into that part of your life. There's a hunger there. Whereas the South Node, where the South Node hits in your chart, it's where right now is in Scorpio, it's going to go into Libra. That's where we see decrease. So element, I like to say it's turning down the volume. And it doesn't mean that it's going to cease to exist. It's just that there's an element of release, letting go, purging, flushing, throwing away, you know, in that part of your life. And that can kind of sound really scary. So what I like to offer is really what that whole process is about is refinement. You can think about it as letting go, whatever, releasing, but really it's about refinement. It's like letting go of the things that just aren't working or not going to be working, you know, in the future. So like let it go. And then what you're left with in the end is something that is meant to stay basically. So yeah, looking at the Aries Libra places in our charts and knowing that we're going to get a lot of increase in the area, in the Aries area and a lot of decrease or letting go in the Libra area we'll see we'll see those eclipses you know we already had an aries eclipse in april so we're gonna be having those eclipses through 2024 yeah so as an astrologer what are some of your favorite rituals because i know some people like to do rituals on the new moon or full moon or if you're seeing certain aspects in the sky like let's say sun square saturn like you mentioned how do we honor those energies and how do you honor those energies in your life Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Yeah, I think I started to laugh because I'm like, I'm about to post. I was talking about this in my podcast. Um, and I think I'm going to post about it on Friday. But the first time I ever did like a Venus ritual prayer thing was about five years ago. Exactly. Actually, it was June 1st, 2018. And yeah, it was like the first time experimenting with something like that. And I did it because there was a specific configuration happening. It was Venus and Cancer, trying Jupiter and Scorpio, trying Neptune and Pisces. And we're having that come up again, except it's just the moon in Scorpio instead of Jupiter. But that's happening this Friday. And Friday is Venus Day. And there's just there's a lot of parallels to that time five years ago. And the reason I bring it up is because I did that. And then the next... I. I just asked for very generic things like love. Literally, I was like, love, money. Like, I want love and money. You know, I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> but the next day, I made quite a bit of money doing readings at this event. And then kind of like celebrate I took myself to my favorite bar and met my ex at the bar so I, I did get love and money <laughs> I don't like my ex but <laughs> I did at the time I guess and now I'm like okay I think I'm going to do that again and be a lot more specific you know now that I know the potential of something like that but that's something that just came to mind but yeah I think something that a lot of us astrologers and sort of my cohort I say my cohort meaning like basically my friends people who studied under similar astrologers and people I've connected with. A lot of us are really into astrological magic. It's become a huge thing within the community. Shout out to Austin Kopic and Caitlin Kopic, who I believe are like the main reasons why people are obsessed with it now um, within our little niche community. But astrological magic is really cool. I mean, I'm wearing a talisman right now is Venus talisman that you know, was created using magic. But basically, a very, very, very simple way to connect with planets is by kind of honoring them on their planetary day. So some people might know all of the seven days of the week are named after the planets, the seven visible planets. And you can do little things 
of an, any given day to honor that planet. So today we're recording this on Tuesday, which is Mars Day. You know, I have like a Mars talisman I might want to wear on Mars Day. A really simple way to connect the Mars and Mars Day is wear red just wear red <laughs> to do things that are Martian, like cutting, be chopping vegetables, you know, anything having to do with cutting, chopping, severing, that type of thing, shooting. Um, <laughs> it doesn't have to be with a gun. It could be with the, uh, the camera. But yeah, there's this and of course, working out. I have a personal trainer. I do my sessions on Tuesdays for a reason because it's Mars Day and I'm going to be lifting weights, which is very Martian, you know, exerting that energy. But yeah, wearing red is like kind of the easiest way to honor Mars on Mars Day. I'm a, I'm a big Venus girl. I'm, I think, most devoted to Venus in terms of the deities or planets that I connect to the most. So I'm a big Venus girl. And I have done things in the past, like on Fridays, you know, you wear green for Venus. I also just like to like look cuter on Fridays for Venus because Venus is the planet of love and beauty. There's also every planet has an Orphic hymn. So I often will recite the Orphic hymn to Venus just on Venus day or Venus hour. There's planetary hours as well. Light a candle, beautify myself basically on Venus days and hours. You can give offerings to planets too. I think the easiest way is to do their planetary day like honor that planet on their day and then there's things like the venus retrograde coming up in july i will not ask much from venus when venus is retrograde things like that you know when a planet's not doing too well you can do things like offering i just said it offering <laughs> offer do give offerings <laughs> Um, and also do things like planetary charity is another really awesome way to connect with the planet, which would be like donating to the children of that planet with Mars. A lot of people do. Mars is connected with wolves. Mars is connected with war veterans. So donating to like a veterans charity. If you're trying to fortify the moon, you might give charity to organizations that help single mothers um, or that help feed people, help feed children, things having to have to do with the moon, which is like mothering or parenting, I should say, feeding, food, that type of thing. So yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can work with the planets and connect with them and kind of create ritual around them. Those are just kind of top of mind for me and things that I've done in the past, but there's so much you could do. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, something that I've been thinking about and introducing into my own life is just like everyday magic. And since there is a planet assigned to a day, essentially you could introduce planetary magic every single day. And depending on the planet, you know, how fast they move depending on their, uh, the word is slipping me, but do you know what I mean? Rotation? Like their, their cycle, yeah. Yeah, you can use that. Yeah. So depending on a planet's rotation, because I do feel like that can impact how fast you might feel these energies affect your life. But I, I also feel like what I'm hearing from you is about the intention of connecting to a planetary energy and that the astrology doesn't necessarily have to have this control over you and you can cultivate that energy that you would like to have with that planet. Because I feel like sometimes people like to blame, let's say mercury retrograde like that gets a bad rep like every time it comes around but something about mercury retrograde that's kind of nice is that you can take a back seat to all the emailing all the texting to you know redefining your relationship to technology and i think some people don't want to take accountability for themselves and just blame it on whatever planet is doing whatever yeah i think especially with mercury um, but with any, you know, sort of transit, it's like, there's a reason for this, you know, it's not just, I mean, a lot of times it really does feel like Mercury is just, you know, screwing with us for fun because Mercury is a trickster planet. So we kind of got to let Mercury be a trickster sometimes. But yeah, you know, I think with the retrograde, it's like, yeah, you're going to find a lot of things to blame Mercury for if you're not slowing down and kind of honoring the fact that Mercury is slowed down and backward. You're going to keep trying to push things forward. Like things are not going to work out as well for you. And you're going <laughs> to, you're going to have to, you know, blame Mercury for that. But if you're able to sort of 
especially people like you, you know, people who are ruled by Mercury, slow down with Mercury, slow down as Mercury slows down, pivot as Mercury pivots, you know, and kind of go with the pace of the planet in question, especially during retrogrades, then you can kind of adjust your expectations and work with it as opposed to against it, have it work for you. (laughs) So yeah, that's kind of how I feel about that. So to go back to that question, because I'm not sure if it was answered. Sure. Yeah. If I'm a sun in Aries, am I ruled by my sun or by my rising sign uh, planetary ruler, which is Mercury? Part of me is like, oh, it's semantics. But to me, if you're ruled by your sun, you're Leo rising. You're only ruled by the sun if you're Leo rising. But yeah, I, I use, I would look at Mercury as your ruler. The sun is an important part of your chart. Of course, it's an important part of who you are and how you show up. The sun has a lot more to do with how you're seen when you're shining, when you're kind of in that space. But also the sun has a lot to do with how you see, literally. The sun and the moon are related to our eyes. The sun's the right eye, the moon's the left eye. So I think of them, the luminaries, the lights of our life, they have a lot to do with how we perceive the world, (laughs) perceive the world around us. And especially the sun has a lot to do with our more rational perception. Because think about what the sun does. It lights things up so we can see them. It gives things life. It gives things light. It gives things warmth, vitality, vibrancy, all of that. And so it has a lot to do with our ability. When things are lit up, we can actually like make sense of them and see them and, you know, make rational, logical choices and decisions based off of that. The moon especially for people born during the daytime, like you and I, the moon is more of our subconscious awareness. So, but again, both still are lights, both still have to do with like where we see and how we see. So your chart ruler is, again, it's that planet that is directly connected to you and who you are. I like to say it's your avatar or you are an avatar for that planet, which is probably more accurate because, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, Yeah, you are Mercury. Mercury is you. Your partners in life, whether it be your business partner, romantic partners, just people who you partner up with, they are Jupiter. They are that Jupiter in Cancer. So there's this inherent tension between you and the other. It doesn't mean it's bad, right? But there's a square there. You're you're this Mercury in Aries. (laughs) They are this Jupiter in Cancer. And, and they are squaring each other, right? So like that's a dynamic that's going to always play out in your relationships. I also have a square between my first house and seventh house ruler. And again, that doesn't mean that square is not bad. Squares are actually very dynamic and they kind of push us into action. But yeah, like that's kind of how I'm looking at your chart, your moon, your moon in Pisces. That is obviously your moon. It has a lot to do with how you process things, what you need to feel comfortable and safe. And like say like the moon's how we feed ourselves, how we nourish ourselves, all of that. But the moon also is responsible for your money. It rules your second house. So like you see, where's your money in life? How do we, we're looking for timing around money and all of that. We're looking to your moon in Pisces. So yeah, that's kind of why I'm like, it's your your son is your son. Your son also has responsibilities in your chart. It's responsible for your third house and your IC, your your south node. But it's not responsible for your body in the same way that Mercury is, right? Like your Mercury is responsible for what you look like, like literally just like your body and how you move through the world. The sun's not responsible for that for you. For Leo risings, it is. For me, it's Jupiter. My Jupiter in Virgo is my chart ruler. So yeah, very cool. Yeah. And so you mentioned that you specialize in timing. And so what would you look for in somebody's chart? And would you consider this to be predictive? Yeah. Yeah, it is predictive. And I have notes in front of me right now for my last reading. Because <laughs> like, what I typically do is the timing is really based on what's coming up for you and also what you're interested in too. So I usually will, in a reading, I'll like, I go through kind of the main pillars of people's lives. I always start with work usually. What are you doing for work? If you're working, what's your family situation like? Are you close with them? What your, what's your relationships like? Are you dating or whatever? Kind of ask all these like major pillars. And then especially depending on what they're most interested in, we'll look at timing around those specific things. So if someone's like, I really want to move. I fucking hate my apartment. I will look to their fourth house, their IC, the ruler of the fourth house or IC, and looked for timing based on that. There is some, if there's about to be eclipses in their fourth house, I'm like, yeah, you're about to move. There's a lot of ways to look at timing, but that's 
essentially how I approach it. It's like, what do we want to look at timing? Like, what do we want to look at? And then also there's just like the general year ahead, or I can just see, you know, certain things are going to come up for certain people just based on their chart and where the planets are and what I know is, you know, happening. So yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I'm sure there's so much more to dive into and definitely check out Kira's courses and all of her offerings to get even deeper into that. So I just want to wrap up with some rapid fire questions and also the collective reading. Uh, what is your big three? Yeah, so I'm a snob about it. I hate the term big three. I call it SMR sun moon rising um and i do that because i again my chart ruler is in virgo i just really like the uniformity of saying the the things in the same order the whole time but anyway sun moon rising is i'm a scorpio sun i'm an aries moon and a pisces rising Ooh, beautiful deep i feel like those are very deep like signs <laughs> yeah at least the scorpio and aries i mean scorpio and pisces i don't know about the aries what do you think <laughs> do you think aries is deep you know yes yeah, scorpio definitely deep in pisces as well with the i feel like imagination i think that is what i resonate with with the pisces moon i feel like aries sun for me is really stepping into this like inner child into my waking life and there's like about the inner child and just like letting her play you know yeah I I so connect with that like the I always say my Aries moon keeps me young because there is this connection to just like Aries is like the just do it sign right like it's literally about just like not thinking just doing just taking action and yeah there is this sort of innocence or what's the word I'm looking for the the instinct like that Aries has to just like do like I, I love that I so connect with that yeah and sometimes it gets me in trouble I don't know about you but... <laughs> of course of course yeah but sometimes you just gotta we're meant to get in trouble <laughs> yeah exactly exactly if you had advice for your younger self what would you say oh that's a good question don't get into so much credit card debt <laughs> <laughs> no, but besides that, I would say um, these men aren't worth your time, girly. <laughs> Stop crying over them. They're not worth it. <laughs> say that louder for the people in the back. <laughs> I was at this like club a couple weeks ago. It wasn't even, whatever. I was out with some people in, in Brooklyn and ended up like, I was like in the VIP again, this it's not, I'm not a VIP girl, but I just ended up here. And there was this 19 year old girl in this section and we just started talking and she's like, I'm 19. I was like, how did you get in here? <laughs> she's like, I'm forgetting whatever. And it, it ended up me just like yelling at her over the music being like, don't waste your time on these dumb men. You know, <laughs> like if I could tell myself one thing and she's like, I know, like there's this guy. I'm like, he is not worth it. You're a 10. Like don't waste your time unless he's a 10, you know? So anyway, that's my, <laughs> that's my, um, yeah, that's what I would tell myself that it's a waste of time. Like it's a waste of time. That's hilarious. <laughs> and she needed to hear it. She really, she really did. <laughs> yeah. So would you like to honor us with a collective tarot reading? Sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I haven't done this like in a long time. Yeah. I'm using, you might've heard of it. Mystic Mondays. <laughs> you know, that deck. <laughs> This deck, I yeah, I'm pretty sure I got this from you from from a trade, which is so fun. I'm gonna see what what message that spirit has to offer for everyone today. I, I knew it; it was it had to be my least favorite card. It just had to be. <laughs> and this is the Scorpio. This is like my Deccan card too, the third Deccan of Scorpio. So it hits. Yeah. Okay. Seven of Cups. Least I just hate the sevens in general. I hate every seven in the tarot. Why is that? I think it's my Aries moon. I hate, I just feel impatient whenever a seven comes up. I'm like, I don't want this. Like, when am I going to get there? You know, because for me, sevens, 
are very much that point in the cycle of like you're you're kind of getting in you're kind of on the right direction but there's still so many things that you have to do before we get to the end <laughs> the end result that's kind of how i feel like a seven is um and yeah the seven of cups in particular i hate this card <laughs> because it speaks to having a lot of options basically it's like really about exploring your options and not necessarily landing on one it's kind of about like like processing your options basically and i think that's kind of what gets you to the next step because you can really see what your desires are like what you actually want and need through that process um but again my impatient ass i don't want to do the process i just want to be there but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in general, that's what I would say. And you know, I'm an astrologer first. Um, I learned tarot, I guess, yeah, five years ago is when I started five, six years ago. But I always will want to connect this to what's happening in the current skies. So thinking about again, that sun Saturn square that we're moving out of, as well as this Jupiter north node conjunction. To me, it's like very much about their well, with the sun Saturn, it's like kind of feeling constrained by your options and feeling like there's a choice to be made or there's a decision to be made and not really sure what the right choice would be. Um, and similarly with what's happening in Taurus with Jupiter on the North Node and then Mercury is also coming to conjoin Uranus this weekend. And there's just so much like frenetic energy happening there in Taurus right now. And again, it doesn't mean that you have to make a decision on anything. It doesn't mean that you have to pull the trigger. And again, I guess this is saying like, not yet, you know, exploring your options, exploring the different paths that you could take is exactly where you should be. I love that. Yeah, I love that you're tying tarot and astrology together. And also, you know, I have so many thoughts. One, maybe the choices are good so that you don't cry over that one guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe you have like a lot of really good options on your roster right now. <laughs> yeah, that could be. And summer's starting, you know, it's just time to have fun. Uh, the other thought that's coming to me is, you know, Saturn's a teacher planet. So perhaps you have to go through all of these options to discover what is really meant for you. Definitely, definitely. When it comes to Saturn, that's pretty much always the case. <laughs> it's going to take a while. That's just the nature of Saturn. It's on my ascendant right now. It's like coming up to my ascendant. So I've been really in Saturn land a lot lately. With Saturn, it's timing is everything. I, I just feel like the seven of cups is like, take your time, look at look at all the cups and see which one you like the best. Yeah, amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us and your unique way of viewing astrology and your magic. And so where can people find you? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. People can find me. I have I'm in the middle of like a weird like I want to change my Instagram handle, but I can't space because I've been trying to change over all my handles and URL, but I don't know. Meta's annoying. <laughs> You're verified, right? Yes. <laughs> and you can't change anything. It's annoying. <laughs> I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, I was like really ready to change my handle. But anyway, um, I'm at the astrology on Instagram. That's the astrology, no A. And then my podcast, Cosmic Guidance for All is also on Instagram and anywhere you watch or listen to podcasts. And then I have, yeah, my Twitter at Kira World. I haven't posted any TikToks yet, but I'm planning on it. <laughs> so you can follow me there at Kira.world. And then my, my URL is Kira.world. So you can just type in Kira.world in your URL. And that's my website. And you can book readings there and all the things. Amazing. Is that what you would change your handle to if you could? Yeah, but some newborn baby already took it. It took a whole thing. I've been trying. <laughs> I almost had it. Like I thought I searched for it. It was fine. And then um, I searched for it again. And there's a baby account that has that. <laughs> oh, I've been trying to figure it out. It's a whole thing. But yeah, Kira. And then there's Kira World is taken by some like really famous Brazilian Kira model girl. So I'm figuring it out. But right now it's the astrology on Instagram and probably be like that for a bit. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much and chat soon. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode with Kira. 
I am so grateful for Kira's energy and sharing her cosmic guidance with us today. What to look out for currently in the skies, and also how to use astrology to tune in deeper with oneself, especially through rituals. If you liked this episode, please share with your cosmic friends and follow us on social to get more podcast news and updates. Remember to leave a review on Apple Podcasts as your review greatly supports this podcast with other like-minded folks finding it as well. As always, sending you so much grace today and every day.